Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I have something to tell you. Hello and welcome to the first show of the Championship Roundtable, a new podcast for the 2016-17 season brought to you by the EPL Roundtable Group. We will be recording on a weekly basis to cover the only league with three Champions League winning managers in it, so obviously the best league in the world. I'm your host Jake Jackman, who you may know if you listen to the EPL show. I'm a Newcastle fan. My Twitter handle is at Jake Jackman with two N's and you can reach us at the show by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Right, yeah, I'm uh, Kevin uh, Markey. I'm the editor of uh, Leeds United Mad website. I've also got a Twitter handle, uh, Leeds United underscore Mad. Um, I do the odd commentary once in a while for LUTV, um, for Leeds United, of course, at Ellen Road. And um, I uh, present or co-present a programme on Made in Leeds TV called uh, All Leeds, Aren't We? uh, on occasion during the season as well. So it's... uh, uh, always good to be a Leeds United fan, but uh, obviously it'd be even nicer if uh, we got promoted as well. So hopefully this could be the uh, season. I'm Matt Cutler, your resident uh, Aston Villa fan. Um, by trade, I'm a sports journalist. Uh, I specialise in the business of sport. Uh, I now work freelance, but I also run my own podcast uh, called SB Weekly, where we talk to um, sports executives from the world world of football. So if anyone needs any insight onto the business mechanics of football or sport hopefully i'll be able to jump in there um but yeah aston villa fan and i'm 30 and this is the only season i can remember where villa haven't been in the premier league so this is all all new to me (laughs) yeah thanks so much for joining us today guys and uh hopefully this is going to be the start of something good on the championship roundtable and we'll have you uh both back on quite a few times. We'll start by making a round where each of us will have a few minutes to d- discuss what our club have been doing over the summer. So start with you, Kevin. Um, obviously, there's not really a dull moment at Leeds United since Massimo Cellino <laughs> brought the club. Uh, this summer hasn't been any different with a new manager coming in. Just talk us through the changes that your club have made this summer. I think it's the fifth season in a row where we'll be starting a new season with a, a brand new head coach. So that's obviously not very stable for the club, but obviously it shows you how... Uh, erratic things have been sort of over the years as well so you get a new coaching you get new backroom staff uh, you get new players and obviously everybody's sort of getting to know each other from scratch so no different this season we've got uh, obviously three lone players in uh, two from Swansea which is Gary Monk our new head coach his old club uh, Kyle Bartley and Matt Grimes and um, a winger from uh, Sporting Lisbon uh, Hadley Sacco is on loan as well which he looks a promising prospect 
And we met um, Rob Green, Kim Roof and Marcus Anderson our sort of full-time signings on a permanent basis. Um, from pre-season games so far, uh, Roof seems to be the exciting uh, talent that we've signed uh, in the region of um, three million. But obviously everything these days is undisclosed, but that's the price on his head by the sounds of things. And obviously we lost one of our major talents, our promising talents, in Lewis Cook, who went to um, Bournemouth. Who can blame him when he's getting the money he's getting now compared to what he had in the Championship, I suppose. And there's still uh, maybe two or three more signings to go before the season starts. So, as ever, um, you know, it's a brand new season with uh, a brand new coach and it uh, looks like a brand new player. So we'll be signed from scratch on TV at QPR on the 7th of August. And uh, as ever, all the Leeds fans are optimistic, like they always are. Um, but obviously it all depends now on what happens in the first sort of few games of the season and if Mr Chilino likes what he sees. So <laughs> that could be a different matter altogether. But hopefully, uh, you know, with Gary Monk and his decent um, cohorts in Pep Clotte and James Beattie, you know, it's a decent sort of uh, backroom team. Hopefully they'll be given the chance to uh, do something for the club uh, this season. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Chilino? Because obviously he's been there for a while now. And um, what do you think his plans are for the club? And do you think he's making any sort of progress? Or do you think it's sort of just one manager after another and it's not really going anywhere? Well, I don't think he has any specific plans for the club by the sounds of it. He just sort of is uh, on the hoof most of the time. He just sort of acts on impulse. He's not a what you call a, a, a regular or a normal sort of owner of a football club. Uh, but I think it's, it's taken him into his third season now, maybe, to see that the Championship is a pretty tough league to uh, compete in. I think when he first came, he thought he's... He, I think he thinks the quality may have been not as good as it was. And he thought, you know, Leeds might get promoted within a couple of seasons with him sort of bringing in certain players to the club. Uh, mainly sort of Serie B players uh, who didn't really cut the mark really at the club and there were only one or two successful signings from there. I mean, the goalkeeper Silvestri was not being featured this season but, he, you know, overall he's been okay for us. Um, and Antonucci who scored a few goals but uh, obviously he was getting on in years and um, went back, uh, I think he went back to an Italian club again. So, I don't know. It's hard to say with Cellino. He's, he's not. He's not the most. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a difficult owner to sort of gauge, really, because you don't know what he's thinking. From never mind one week, but it's usually one day to the next. You know. But overall, I think one of the be- best signings he's made this season is bringing in uh, the new CEO from uh, Barnsley, Ben Mansford, who did a great job at Barnsley over the last sort of two or three years, and he, he hopefully he'll be the guy that's. Uh, Pulls the strings a little bit on the football inside. Um, Mr. Chilino seems to be occupied with a lot of court cases, um, so he, he needs somebody at the club to actually can deal with the day-to-day handling of the club. And hopefully, Ben Mansford is that guy. And I'm pretty impressed with the, the way they got Gary Monk into the club. And like I say, Pep Lotte is one of the best uh, number twos around, coach-wise. Uh, I think it was Reading were trying to get him as their coach when he was at Swansea uh, last season, but he, he um, was loyal to Monk and stayed with him. And James Beattie as well, obviously he's England international, has been around a little bit. He was at uh, Accrington Stanley for a little while as a, as a coach, but he knows his way around 
the football pitch a little bit. So hopefully it'll be a good um, good for the players that are at the club already, and probably look up to him because he has a, you know achieved a few things in his career. So uh, having said that, I could be talking next week, and we could have a totally different manager of the club. The way things you know are run by Chilino, but hopefully he'll take a back seat and let. Um, Ben Mansford do a lot of the uh, hiring and firing over the next sort of few weeks, but literally the, the football season starts now. It's in a, in a matter of weeks now, so you need to get as you need to get your players in that you need, and you need to start off um, well. Um, we've got a tough game at QPR on the opening day or opening Sunday of the season, so you know we'll probably gauge a bit more how well we're going to do from that game. Yeah, Leeds United is sort of a club that I consider on a similar level to Newcastle, sort of historically, you know. And maybe Aston mm-hmm. Villa, you could throw them in the same way. So it'd be it would be good to see them sort of push on and maybe get back into the Premier League soon because it has been quite a long time, like you say. And Matt, just moving on to Aston Villa now. This, as you mentioned, this is going to be the club's first season outside the top flight since since the Premier League started. So, like, how are the preparations going, and um, what what has been going on at Villa Park over the summer? <laughs> Yeah, well, how long have you got? Well, I'm 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 glad I've come after Kev because he's kind of put me at ease a little bit. I thought I thought Villa was a one big sitcom, but obviously Leeds have Leeds have been through what we've been through season after season. Um, so yeah, but I guess the big thing the big thing came when the club got was was bought by by Tony Zia, um, which for everyone you should definitely follow him on Twitter. He's, he's just come onto it. He's He's very, very vocal. He's very open. He's, he's a really, really good follower. And he seems to be asking, answering questions from Villa fans constantly about everything from playing side to business side. So that's that's worth a follow. Um, so, yeah, so so to, Dr. Tony's come in. Um, and actually, there hasn't been a massive deal of, uh, of activity, really. You would have thought it would have been a lot. You would have thought there'd be a hell of a lot of players going out from Villa, considering we signed quite a few players and there must have been on some pretty big wages. Um but that's that's one thing that's been slightly confusing, and I think we'll see even in the days going up into the new season that there'll be a few players leave Villa. Maybe maybe Roberto Di Matteo is trying to trying to look at who who he likes or who he doesn't like right up to the end. Um, obviously, that leads me on to we've got a new manager Roberto Di Matteo. Um, Doctor Tony said he was the first choice. I don't know whether that's just a PR line from him, um, but he's got a good pedigree. I think he brought well well when he. Brought West Brom up, didn't he, um, from the Championship? But even that's going kind of back six six seasons or so ago. Um, so yeah, we've signed signed three players. We've got Tommy Alfick from Bournemouth, who who seems a very very it's quite a shrewd signing, I think, for a few million quid. Um, got some good Championship experience. Um, I, I think I think Di Matteo and the chairman seem quite happy with the defence. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens up front because one one thing that everyone would have seen last season is that Villa could not score goals for Toffee. Um, and yet we're stuck with the same kind of striking options. So I think we'll see a striker come in. Um, but yeah, um, I think there's still a lot of activity to be done, particularly in the transfer market. Um, so even though we're, we're only coming up to the start of the season, yeah, it's, it's still still quite early days if that doesn't make sense, but hopefully you see what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Newcastle, we've been in the championship before, and the last time we went down a Midlands club hired Roberto Di Matera, they also came back with us. So if that's, a, that's an omen that, that, that you could cling on to, that you're going to come straight back to the Premier League, that, that's certainly one that you should look to. Um, 
I've just got a question about the players because obviously last season was was horrendous. You l- lost a lot of games, and I, I don't think I'm, I'm saying anything new here. But the, the morale didn't look great, and it was sort of it was just a, a massive. It was one of the worst Premier League seasons ever. I don't don't mean to be so so hard in on Aston Villa, but I, I think that's what what is generally agreed on. Um, how do you feel that they're going to come into the season? Do you think that they're going to carry carry over sort of the poor morale and the losing mentality from last season, or do you reckon that under the new manager it'll sort of change a fresh start for all the players and they'll maybe get a chance to settle in? Because a lot of them were highly rated when they came into the league. Yeah, I mean it's a good question. Though in many ways it's the kind of six billion dollar question because. I think, uh, my personal opinion is that I think Villa need to win and we need to kind of start the season very, very well. Um, and I think if, if you see us winning, you know, first three out of four games or, you know, four out of five, that will give a real morale boost. But equally, if, if the opposite happens, you know, if we lose the first game against Sheffield Wednesday, for instance, you can just uh, you could just tell some of the players that we've had Um Having had the Premier League experience last year, what they think is going to happen in the Championship, uh, who knows? Um, and, and equally, it's going to be quite an interesting thing to see that, particularly some of the foreign players who have gotten big, big money, if if they stay, um, what their attitude is going to be like in the Championship. Because you know, you're talking about people like Jordan Ayew um, or Idris Garna, you know, some actually quite good players. Um, who obviously didn't perform last season, but whether whether these kind of big name, big money players are going to perform in the championship or even want to be at Villa, I mean that's the thing that's kind of goes back to my point about seeing who goes in and goes out because the thing that you can't have at a championship club, I guess, if you're looking to bounce back, is a load of le- leeches in in terms of you know players just there on their on their big salaries and not doing a great deal deal for the club. Yeah, um, moving on to Newcastle, I'll just discuss what's been going on over the summer. Um, Obviously, we kept Rafa Benitez, which was huge for us because he is obviously, I consider him a world-class manager. And I think it's incredible that he's dropped down into the championship with us. But I think he sees the project and he likes having the authority on the footballing side to make all the decisions in terms of at the training ground. He formed a youth competition for, I think, the under nines in the region. And that that happened over the summer and he was there and the club got involved. So it just looks like... Um, He's going to make us a lot more approachable as a club uh, to the media and to the fan base, which is which is what we've wanted for a long time. Because obviously, we we've had we've got Mike Ashley, who who is on a par with what Randy Lerner was and what Chilino is at Leeds. It's sort of the he's able to make very very poor decisions. So it's a shock that we managed to get Benitez, and it's an even bigger shock that he stayed. I, I think keeping him uh, just keeps us relevant. I think in terms of the media, I think it keeps us relevant with sponsorship and things because. Uh, the TV cameras and, and, and companies who want to get involved with Newcastle with Rafa Benitez at the home because he is just such a big name. And I, I think you've seen through the work he's done over the summer that he's, he's com- um, committed to bouncing back at the first attempt. Um, the squad we're building at the moment is, is I'd say, he's trying to build two, two first 11s that can play in the championship, which I think is important because a lot of our players won't be used to playing 46 games in a season with the cup games as well, which, and, and the possibility of playoffs as well. So it's, uh, we need to have the, uh, the strength and depth, which I think we're starting to get through. Um, and the fans are, there's such a good feeling around the club for a relegated club. It, it's, amazing because I don't know if anyone's seen the season ticket sales but I think we sold 33,000 season tickets which is incredible for a championship club and I think not many Premier League clubs will better that so it just show, it shows that 
that they're a good thing going on at St. James Park at the moment, which, which for me as a fan, I, I'm quite young. I haven't really seen great times at Newcastle, and I, I'm just starting to feel like in the next three or four years, there could be someone built there with Benitez at the helm, and that, that, that's really exciting for me. Uh, in terms of transfers, it's been quite a lot. We've sold Colaccini. He's finally left after uh, being at the club for, I think, nine, eight seasons, which I think was the right time for him. He, his captaincy had sort of dwindled in the last couple of years. And I think he, he's a player that wanted to go back to Argentina and he, he was another one that wasn't great to have around the club. Um, so I think that's good that he's finally left. I think Cissé left as well, which I think he went to China and that'll be a, we got a bit of money for him and he's, he's had one year left in his contract and he was on big wages. So that was a good, a good sale as well. And Steven Taylor left at the end of his contract, which uh, although he's a, you know, a Geordie through and through, he was, his performances hadn't been great. So, he, and and the last time we were in the championship, we had Colaccini and Taylor as our centre-back. So I think it's good that we're finally moving on from that because it has held us back quite a lot of the last few seasons. Uh, we sold, we had to lose Andrus Townsend and Jorginho Wijnaldum as well, which which is a blow because they, they were re- two of our better players last season. But it's, it's just a reality of the situation we were in. You're always going to lose when you go down nobody really wants to play in the championship especially with the money and the sort of the coverage the Premier League gets so that it's, they're always going to be tempted to move back up and, and find a club up there but we got quite a lot of money for them I think combined that they actually cover our the, the out uh, the incomings we've had so we're actually in profit for the summer and I, I expect there's going to be a few more signings as well and with S- Musa Sissoko expected to move on after his uh, performances for France we should end up with a nice I'd expect a maybe a 15-20 million profit which which is good considering we're going to be missing out on the Premier League money so uh, that is good, uh, good for the club it, the club's finances going forward uh, in terms of the signings we've made we've made quite a few and uh, quite a few that I think people would suggest they're too good for the championship level. <laughs> I think um, Matt Ritchie in particular, he's a, he's did incredible stuff when he was at Bournemouth in the championship and it was quite a coup to get him to drop down after he played such a big part for Bournemouth. So I think that's a really good signing. We signed Dwight Gale, who although I'm unsure about and he, he's sort of not a player that I'd get excited about, maybe that's because I'm used to being in the Premier League um, and chasing maybe bigger names but he's a player that I think is going to do well in the championship and get maybe 15 to 20 goals which which is going to be massive because you know we're expected to do big things this season we we need to get those players that will be able to deliver that and we signed a a, a few other players I think Grant Grant Hanley's come in to to add a bit of depth to our centre-back position which which is incredible to say because I think a lot of championship clubs would would like him as a starting centre back and we've I think we've only really brought him into cover for Mbemba and Lasales so uh, that that is quite uh, shows that Benitez is serious about building a big squad to to handle the demands of the league. Uh, the other three players to come in were Isaac Hayden from Arsenal, Jesus Gámez from Atletico Madrid, and Matt Sells from. I think he came from Ghent in Belgium. I don't really know too much about these players. I haven't seen him play a great deal, but from what I've read, they're all highly rated and players that would be able to push on into the Premier League in the future as well. So it's clear that Benitez wants to build a squad that is good enough for the Championship this season, but by players that are good enough to make the step up as well, which I think is good to see. Um, I think in terms of fan expectations as well, that's something I just want to touch on. I think... It is a little bit too high. I've seen Newcastle fans saying they're going to get, we're going to get 100 plus points. We're going to not lose a game at home. We're going to, you know, run away with this league. I, I don't think that's the case. I think there's certainly a case for us being favourites for the league, and, and I'd agree with that. Looking at the squads and the 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 managers and things like that, but I think 
you have to the championship is a very tough league. I was looking I was looking at the teams earlier and there is there's not much difference between the very best and the very the, and the teams that would be considered the league I think but and Albion are going to be an interesting test for anyone this season because although they don't have the the finances of even a Derby or a, a Blackburn they do have you know they've just got a good team spirit and they've got a good young manager and that they've got a winning mentality and I think that's that's something that people you know maybe overlook in the league but yeah, I think I think that's that's what's been going on at Newcastle. We'll move on to the main topics now. We're going to discuss the uh, championship as a whole. How how do you guys feel about the league? Do you think it's getting stronger, or do you think that the split between the Premier League and the Championship is, is continuing to to increase? Uh, personally, I think it's it's a very strong Championship this season or next season. Um, I mean, from from what you were just been saying, Jake, when you said you bought. Grant Hanley for five million pounds from Blackburn, and he's, he's not even going to be guaranteed a first team slot. <laughs> I think most Leeds fans will be thinking, "Wow, five million quid on a, a squad player—that's just unthinkable at Leeds at the moment." Um, we, we no, Kimar Roof's supposed to be about three three million, um, and that's the best we've done in what seasons really. We haven't we haven't spent big money on on players at all. Um, you can't look beyond Newcastle, Villa and Norwich. I mean, Norwich are becoming a bit of a yo-yo team, a bit like what West Brom used to do a few seasons ago. One season in the Premiership, a couple maybe in the Championship and then back up again. Um, Burnley seems to be doing that as well now. Uh, they don't seem to spend a lot of money when they're in the Premiership. They just sort of make sure they don't get into massive debt get relegated, get another parachute permit and then spend wisely again. So, like I said, the, the there could be a bit of a split between the top six, top seven clubs next season with the money difference. But I can see Sheffield Wednesday doing OK. They've got a, a an owner that's got a lot of money as well and they were very unlucky not to maybe go that stage further uh, last season. Derby, you can always fancy Derby to finish in the top six, um, especially with Nigel Pearson in charge next season Brighton have been a sort of a breath of fresh air because they were struggling like us the season before but um, Chris Hewton sort of spent really wisely he didn't spend a fortune on players he just brought some decent players in for for not a lot of money and he got a decent squad and they finished I mean they should have got promoted really the start they had but they went through a wobbly patch over Christmas New Year if they hadn't had that there would have been automatic uh, uh, promotion um, you know, they'd have done it really, I, I think. Uh, but you, you've got to watch them again next season. I mean, there, there's, there's your top six more or less already, really. Everybody else is just battling for scraps next season, I think. And it's going to take a, it's going to take a, a you know, a Middlesbrough-type club or a, like Brighton to sort of squeeze into that, um, you know, those top two promotions spaces. It's going to be a, a real battle. And like you say, Burton... Um, everybody's going to be looking at them as going to be a bit of a weak link but obviously um, teams that come up seem to do quite well uh, of late like Rotherham and Bristol City have uh, done okay as well so it's going to be a tough very tough um, uh, league next season and with you saying that you're spending money on players £5 million and they're not guaranteed to get a a starting position that shows you what uh, golfing in in, um, money there is between some of the clubs in the championship as well 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think I think that the I think the finances in the Premier League are, are going to come down to the Championship. But it's going to be those relegated clubs with that money, and they're going to be able to spend their way out of the Championship. Maybe not to the degree that clubs in the Premier League can manage, sort of bringing in, uh, spending a hundred million, sort of getting to the top six. But just spending twenty twenty to twenty five million in the Championship is a lot of money, and it's obviously going to get you to it you know in those top six places which which is a problem for for clubs that have been in the championship for a long time um but yeah brighton were an excellent example i saw them quite a lot last season because that is where i go to university and that chris Hewitt did an incredible job and even this summer they've brought in i think glenn murray who who fits their system to a t and he's an excellent player for this division so it's showing that they're not going to go away and that they're you can just go on a run and and build that winning mentality over the first six or seven weeks and you can end up in those top six places. And once you get there, you've got, got the confidence and things to stay there. And I think that, that's why the, the start of this division is very important. Uh, Matt mentioned it earlier, if, if Villa lose their first three or four games or if they take, you know, five, five points from their opening 10, they're in that problem where they, they're at near the bottom and there's a lot of other teams that are building up that winning mentality. And it, it just shows that the championship is a very tough league, but money from the Premier League clubs, especially those that come down, is just is gonna maybe take away that competitiveness from the top of the league. But when you go leave those top six places who you'd think to be in there, you know, it's it's very competitive and there's no reason why why Leeds United or Blackburn or somebody like that can't go on a run and get into into those top six places purely through confidence and and the, the mentality. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, and you see you, we saw it with Fulham, didn't we, a couple of seasons ago where they were, people were tipping them to get promoted and I think didn't they lose like five or six games on the trot and all of a sudden they were bottom of, bottom of the championship and fighting for relegation most most of the season. Um, but on the, on the spending thing, I think next season we'll see it m- massively more so because the, the team that gets relegated from the Premier League next season is guaranteed. So bear in mind, this is the worst, worst team in the Premier League gets guaranteed 100 million quid alone just from their share of broadcast rights. And, so, and they get that plus massively increased parachute payments, um, which I guess is another, another reason why... It, the the uh, the riches that come with getting promoted this season are just just incredible. Um, but uh, p- p- going back to what we were talking about, um, you know, who's who's who we think is going to perform well this season. I as much I, do, I mean I do think Newcastle will get promoted, but I, I think it's a bit bonkers that uh, even with the bookies they're just such short favourites to win that win the title. 
I'm, I'm really su- I'm really surprised by that, particularly because you know the championship is <clears throat> one of its characteristics is how competitive it is. I could see anywhere between you know teams being in the mix for promotion, like realistically in for promotion. You know the three teams that came down, those few teams that were in the playoff. You know the Kevin already mentioned Brighton's, your Derby's, couple of surprises thrown in there somewhere. I I, I really think it's going to be it's going to be very tough and. Uh, particularly, you know, you you and I will know, Jake, that it's it's no guarantee that the, the teams that come down for the Premier League will get promoted either. It's going to be it's going to be pretty tough. I mean, I think Villa we only won three games last season in the Premier League, um, so and we've still got the same squad. And I don't I, I, personally, I don't think the gap is as much as it used to be. Um, but then again, as I say, this is the first season I've properly properly followed the Championship in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um... I think that's that is a good point. The gap isn't isn't maybe as big, but it, between the the twenty four the Premier League and the Championship, but within those few clubs in the Championship, it, there there could be quite a difference. Um, this this takes us nicely on to, to your tips for promotion and relegation, which in the in the past in the Premier League I've I've been able to do fine. I was doing it today and I just didn't have a clue. There were so many teams that I didn't know that much about and players that I didn't know that much about, and it's it, it's really it just showed me the competitive competitiveness of the league so uh kevin how, what do you think about the uh promotion and relegation pitch i know you've touched it briefly but which which teams if you have to tip for relegation and promotion now who would you tip um well like i said before you can't look any further than the teams that have got relegated because you know with all the money they've got even if they do get off to a bad start they can spend money to rectify that but obviously I think next season it's going to be a bit of a change. You have to, obviously, you have to have your players in by the 31st of August, so you've still got a couple of weeks if you get off to a bad start to sort of uh, maybe change things around a little bit. But I think the loan situation is changing next season. You can't get anybody in on, a, on an emergency loan like you used to do last season, whatever an emergency loan is, but <laughs> they've actually changed the ruling on that. So I think it's going to be slightly changed, but... Um, it's it's going to be tough because um, I know Wolves have just been taken over by a, a massive organisation in China as well. So. Yeah, they're meant to be quite serious players as well from what I've so read them. So I think you can add them to the mix next season as well. If they spend wisely, um, there's no signs of anybody coming in at the moment. So obviously, like I say, it's to the 31st of August you can get your players in. So I, I, you can see them sort of scouring around now looking for players to come in. And they could be a major player next season. You could add them maybe to the bottom three uh, relegated teams and stick in Wednesday, Derby, Brighton. Um, and there's always a surprise during the course of the season. I mean, Fulham might have a good season next season. You don't know because they've still got quality players in their squad. I and mean, they've still got Ross McCormack, who it pains me to say, but he's obviously one of the best finishers in the league. And he, even though he got a bag full of goals last season, obviously it was Fulham's defence that sort of let them down a lot. Uh, if they can get that defence sorted out and keep McCormack, then they could be a major player as well next season because um, they're still getting sort of some sort of payment from the um, Premier League as well. Um, it's only the second season down, um, you know, obviously, from, from the Premier League. So, um, yeah, there could be a couple of surprises. I'm, obviously, I hope one of the surprises is us, but uh, I've been saying that such a long time now. I think it's getting a bit uh, wary amongst uh, fans of other clubs Um I still think we've got one of the best support in the country. I mean, you go to an away game 
a leads away game and the, the sort of you know the vocal support is just immense. I mean, I, I know Newcastle and De Villa have got massive away support as well, so I'm looking forward to them coming to Ellen Road and having a, a really good you know banter with with, with those fans because they're, they're sort of two of the best um, supported clubs. Um, outside the Premier League now along with us so it's going to be interesting to see um, who can sort of chip away at these uh, clubs that have got all the money including Wolves now like I say it's, got, it's sort of money does help in this league if you can back a couple of two three quality players it makes a hell of a difference to your, your team and uh, I know that from experience now I mean we're, we're sort of haggling over whether to get Liam Bridcup from um, Sunderland who's you know he's not getting a look in there but I thought when he played for us last season played about 27 games on loan he sort of he looks very so assured in the middle of the park he looked like a a quality premiership player to me and I'm very surprised that nobody else has sort of come in for him and um, the this sort of news coming out today that you know we're still in with a shout of signing him, but um, I, I love to see him back at the club and uh, in that midfield again, especially with Lewis Cook sort of uh, moving on to Bournemouth now. We need we need somebody in there to sort of uh, organise the midfield a little bit more, and um, I'd love to see him uh, sign full time. So, but then again, you know we're we're looking at a player that's not going to cost a lot of money, but we're sort of haggling over whether to. You know, give Sunderland, and, and he, he's got a year left on his contract at Sunderland. And there's obviously there's there's a lot of money involved in sort of dropping down from the Premier League to the Championship. So obviously he's not just going to go down and get really reduced wages on what he's used to uh, getting at Sunderland. So you know, but I'm just I'm just surprised while this is going on, nobody else has popped in with a bit of money to say, right, we'll have you for a couple of million. You know, you're in our squad for next season. But uh, he is a quality act. But that's the sort of player I'm looking at at the moment. Where everybody else, um, Newcastle Villa fans, can obviously look beyond that and uh, look at even better players, really, which is you know where the competitiveness is going to come in next season. Yeah, Matt. Um... We, we've talked quite a lot about the promotion picture. I don't know if you'll have much of an idea about the, what, what's going to happen at the other end of the league, but do you have any views on the relegation fight and who, who do you think is going to be involved in that? I, I mean, if you both mentioned Burton. I'd be, I'd be amazed if Burton don't get relegated, personally. Um, just purely because of the monumental task in front of them. Um, and I, I, mean, I was thinking about this um, today, uh, and my tips would be Burton, Barnsley and Rotherham. I, I mean, I don't know whether they're the kind of favourites to go down or not. Um, Barnsley, uh, Barnsley, it's just a club. Uh, it's very, you know, it's, it's a very, very small club. And comparing them to, and Rotherham and Burton, I guess, just comparing them to the, someone like Wolves is a great example, you know, Wolves, a club which has got a load of cash coming in. There seems to be so much money coming in at the top end that it's going to be very, very tough for these these smaller, more kind of community-type um, run clubs to compete uh, and just to, sp- and to spend money. I mean, Villa, we've... I was thinking that we haven't actually spent that much money on transfers, but I guess that's that's probably a good example. I think we've spent, you know, 12 million quid on three players. I mean, for me, that's not a, not a lot, but then I guess some clubs, even in the Championship, wouldn't even be spending that the whole season or even the past couple of seasons um so i think uh, so i think you you will see a kind of a gap uh in the top half and the bottom half of the table and it, you could almost purely track it on money or you know what how rich their owners are would, would be my would be my guess i could be wrong i've been wrong many times before 
Yeah, when I was looking at the uh, the relegation fight, I uh, I didn't really know enough about the teams, but obviously I put Burton down there. I think I think they're just going to struggle to get enough points to stay up. I think they might be similar to how Yeovil were a few years ago when they came up. You know, they got a few good results, but then in the end, the quality wasn't there and they, they went back down. So I think that would be a similar story to that. I think um, Rotherham uh, were quite... They did very well to stay up last year. They went on quite a good run under Neil Warnock to stay up. But I, I think, again, I, I'm not sure if Alan Stubbs is, is what he's like. He's managed in Scotland, did well there. But even coming over to the championship is a massive step up. And I, I, don't, I don't know how he's going to deal with that. And their signings so far, they, I just think their squad isn't good enough to compete consistently as well. I think they'll definitely be down in that in that relegation fight. And I've got a question mark over Blackburn as well. I, I don't know too much about them. Obviously, the Venkies are still there. They've got a lot of problems going on. And they just sold Hanley to us. And there's uh, rumours they might say uh, sell Shane Duffy as well. And that is their first choice set the half pairing gone. And they haven't really done a lot to replace them. So I think they're another team that's going to be in that picture. Kevin, do you have any views on relegation fights that you probably know a lot more than me and Matt do about some of these clubs? Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> I probably do. Um yeah, well, I've been thinking Rotherham have been you know, probably one of the weakest teams in the league for the last couple of seasons, but they always seem to stay up for some reason. You know, they always Steve Evans obviously did it initially. Um, obviously, I know a lot about him now as a manager, and I can see why they stayed up because he's got that sort of personality. To be honest with that, that keeps teams in divisions. Um, Warnock did an excellent job. I don't know why he refused not to um, to stay on really because. Um, I think he thought he might get a better club by Blackburn were sort of mentioned, but nothing came of it. Now he seems to be, you know, in limbo with no clubs at all. But everybody's looking at Burn, obviously, as a weak link. I mean, it's a magnificent achievement for a club like Burns to be even in the championship. Um, uh, Nigel Clough's done a great job there. Um, but, yeah, he's going to... Financial, financially wise, he's going to be sort of struggling to um, keep them up. I think next season, I think Rotherham's time could be up next season. Yeah, Stubbs is a, he was a great player, um, done a decent job at Herbs, got them the first trophy in so many years. Uh, but the, like you said, the Scottish leagues and the English leagues are, you know, they're totally different altogether, and he could struggle to get the right sort of player to come to Rotherham in the first place. Um, and keep them up in the division. Um, uh, Barnsley were mentioned, but yeah, there's another club really that you know they've got a bit of fighting spirit about them, Barnsley. But um, it's hard to say really. Who, who, apart from Burton and Rotherham, it's hard to say any other club you could pick really to say that could could struggle. Um, everybody's going to be battling for a mid-table position that, from the, all the other teams, by the teams that were mentioned before that are going to be battling for the. Um, automatics and the playoff position so it's going to be difficult but I think after the first six uh, to ten games I think a pattern will form and you probably can, could see from there then who's going to struggle and who's going to have a, a decent season so um, you know it's, it's going to be not until September time October even that we'll know that uh, you know what sort of season your side's going to have I think yeah um, moving on to player watch now um all our clubs have made a couple of signings, uh, at least. Which uh, signing are you most excited to see play? And uh, maybe talk us through like what you expect from him and his style of play and things like that. Um, well, from me personally, I think um, uh, 
Kimar Roof. I mean, it's not a player that I'm really aware of until he signed for us, to be honest with you. But I know he was the League Two player of the season for Oxford last season. Um, everybody was sort of looking at him thinking, yeah, he's a lot, he's a lot better than League Two. He's a lot better than League One. Um, and where the sort of, uh, we, we were the club that put in the money for him. Obviously, I can see now why we did it because we were on the verge of selling uh, Lewis Cook to Bournemouth. So, but from our pre-season games today, he's the one that sort of stuck out a little bit because he's got a bit of skill about him. He, he takes on defenders really well, sets up chances for his um, strike partners. Uh, not scared to shoot from distance. Uh, he looks fairly exciting actually, and I think we bought a good one there. Um, uh, nearly three million, like I say, it's a lot of money for us. Uh, if he ha- if he has a good season, you can see a lot of clubs maybe look at him uh, at him next season as well. If he if he you know starts off with us on a, a good run of games, um, but hopefully you know he'll he'll provide and maybe score the goals that will get us into a decent position next season as well. And we won't be having to look to sell our best players ne- next season like we have been doing for the over the last sort of few seasons. So, yeah, he's the one that stands out. Marcus Anderson, another guy I'm not too familiar with until he came to us, um, Swedish striker. Uh, I think Pep Clotte worked with him at a previous club, which is why we got to know him a, a little bit. But he, he holds the ball up really well. Um, he scored a couple of goals in Ireland on a pre-season tour. Um, he looks like a a ready sort of replacement for Mirko Antonucci, to be honest with you. Um, uh, obviously younger than him. Um, he's got a heart full of goals in his league, uh, playing in the Dutch league, I think, last season, or this season. Um, so, yeah, he could be one to watch as well. And Hadi Saka, obviously, from Sporting Lisbon. He looks a tricky little winger. Uh, played really well against uh, Peterborough yesterday in the pre-season game, especially in the first half. He was going gliding past... Um, players quite easily, looking very comfortable on the ball, tired a bit in the second half, but it was after, it was the players' first sort of 90 minutes of football yesterday. Uh, we looked really good in the first half, but we tailed away in the second a little bit and lo- lost the game 2-1, but I think Peter Rubber's uh, pre-season's a lot far, further ahead than ours and th- their players looked a bit fitter than ours, to be honest with you. Uh, but obviously, like uh, Gary Monk says, he, he's not getting his players fit for a pre-season game he's getting fit for the QPR game on Sunday the 7th of August so that's when he expects to see that first um, first half performance over 90 minutes on, on that particular day they're the two players that stick out we've got Matt Grimes as well who used to be at Exeter a few seasons ago Swansea spent big money on him about 1.8 million I believe and um he was a ready-made replacement for Liam Britton by all accounts. Things haven't really happened for him at Swansea, so he's gone out on loan to us. But he does look a, a decent player. Um, he certainly knows how to take a corner anyway because he, he gets past his first man all the time. So that's that's refreshing to see for a Leeds fan. Um, and not too sure about the others. I mean, Kyle Bartley's been uh, been around a little bit. I know he's, he's, Swansea have offered him another year's contract, but he's been on loan to various clubs. Sheffield United and Birmingham, to mention a couple. Um, I don't know if he's going to come in and take Sol Bamba's place or Liam Cooper, but that remains to be seen. And then we've got Rob Green, of course, who's um, taking over from Marco Silvestri. But, um, Rob's not as young as he used to be, but obviously goalkeepers are a, a different breed to outfield players. Hopefully he'll bring the his championship now to the club a little bit. I know things didn't really happen for him at QPR 
uh, over the couple of seasons he was there, but he's one of these guys that could do a good job for us in goal. But for him, Still hoping we'll get two or three players in before the season starts, including Liam Bridcutt. We're looking at a guy, an Icelandic defender as well, um, Hacker Heidel, Hacker Hawkson. Easy for me to say now, but um, Icelandic players seem to be in vogue at the moment. He's a, a right back that we're looking to sort of bring into the club. So, yeah, when, they're not household names, these players. I mean, we haven't brought really about household names to the club for a long time now. I mean, things have changed so dramatically for Leeds over the years. Um, we can't, you know, we don't spend a fortune on players these days. But like Brighton did last season, if you could just get a decent few players and not, not spending loads of money. But, you know, if you get a good team spirit going, that, that that's so, you know, it's a lot better really than getting multi-million pound players in sometimes because they fit straight into the team. And everybody gets on, you know, they're not squabbling about how much money everybody's getting. And, you know, his players, are, are, are footballers are a funny breed of, uh, you know, people. You know, sometimes money talks a lot louder than performances on the pitch. But hopefully if you get a good team spirit going, then, you know, that um, goes a long way to getting giving you a good season. Kimar Roof was a, a player I saw a couple of times last season for Oxford. Uh, I saw him in the Swansea FA yeah. game where he was particularly good. So I think he's he's a player that can step up, and I think he's going he's going to be very good in the championship. Uh, Matt, um, what has been going on at Aston Villa? Which signings are you most uh, excited about? Um, Tommy Elphick was one that I saw uh, came in. I think he's a really good signing and it's somebody that could provide organisation. Uh, what are your views on the transfer business done at Villa this summer? Yeah, well, I've only got three players pick for him really um, and I think Alfie, Alfie's good and he's been uh, well, I don't think they've made the decision yet but it looks like he's going to be the club captain um, and I agree with you it's a very very, very shrewd signing he looks he looks to be a good kind of rocket, rocket defence our defence is looking pretty solid really from the pre-season games as much as you can judge from a pre-season uh, run of games uh, it looks like Di Matteo's settled on our you know on our defence um, which would be Hutton at right back, Elphick, um, Nathan Baker, uh, and uh, I say it settled that, and a TBC at, at left back. So, so defense is looking good. I think um, Shibola is one that I'm the one I'm most excited on, uh, about seeing this in midfielder we signed from Reading. Um, he hasn't played that much football, um, so he's almost a bit of an unknown quantity. But Steve Steve Clark is. Roberto Di Matteo's uh, assistant manager, and he's obviously worked with him at Reading and through the Reading youth system, and he seems to be really excited about him. And he's that kind of tenacious uh, box-to-box midfielder um, that could be really, really, really good for us. Um, he, we played Nantes in a preseason friendly uh, over the weekend, and he played for 45 minutes. Um, didn't get to see a great deal, a great deal from him. Um, but I guess he would be he'd be my most exciting player, and also the, what I guess the Villa player to look out for. I mean, it's not a new signing, but if if Jordan Ayew stays at Villa this season and he's motivated, he'll he'll score thirty goals easily in the season. He's he's he is really good. He didn't saw glimpses of it in the Premier League, um, but if he's playing in a good team, um, he'll he'll score a lot. Um, which one of the reasons why it makes me think he'll go, but <laughs> watch this space, I guess. We're playing, we're, I'm, I'm going to pre-season friendly um, this week. We've got Cambridge away, which I'm going to, so hopefully I'll get to see some people up close and personal then and judge judge it for myself. Yeah, for Newcastle, uh, I think 
I mentioned him earlier, but Marucci, uh, who we signed from Bournemouth, I think that's probably the one I'm most excited to see uh, player of the season. He came in to replace Andres Townsend. Uh, it was kind of a, a bit of a coup, to be honest, he, even though he, he did come from Bournemouth and, and historically Newcastle are a, a bigger club. The fact that he uh, dropped down from the Premier League to the Championship was, was surprising to me, especially as he was quite a big player of that Bournemouth team. So I'm very excited to see him play. Uh, last season, uh, no, the the season where Bournemouth were relegated, he scored 15 goals and 17 assists from the midfield. So I think that just sort of shows the quality he has and, and how good he is in this league. So I think he's definitely going to be one of one of the key parts in our team. And it, I think linking up with maybe Ayose Perez and, and Alexander Mitrovic and Dwight Gale up front, it's going to it's going to be quite a um, quite a good season for us attacking wise. And I think we've seen glimpses of that in pre-season. We scored quite a few goals and, and, and the link of plays looked very good. Uh, and even defensively, we've looked a lot, lot more organized and, and we don't look like we're going to concede too many goals, which I think is sort of an effect of having Rafa Benitez in because he li- likes to organize his teams and he, he likes to, you know, play with a solid base with, with a settled back five. And I, I think we're going to see that over the season, although maybe the championship might be diffi- difficult for him to sort of m- do that where, where there's so many games and, and our players might not be used to play playing like on a on a Saturday then a Tuesday and so in that sense it, we might have to rotate a bit but it, it is looking good for us and, and another signing I'm just going to briefly mention is he's just Gamers from Atletico Madrid he's a 31 year old uh, right back so he's very experienced played under Diego Simeone so you'd expect him to be you know decent at the back, well-organized and being able to uh, play his position uh, well. So I think that's going to be, he's going to play a player that I, I'm very excited to watch. Uh, he was Malaga captain as well uh, when he played for Malaga. So he's going to bring some leadership and some organizational skills, which we've lacked massively in recent seasons. So I think that was a huge, huge signing. And I think it may allow Daryl Yamat to go forward and play on the wing, which which has been tried a bit in preseason, which is interesting. Uh, and maybe something that I wouldn't like to see as much. I'd prefer square 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 pegs and square holes and have Yamat play in his possession but it's an interesting sort of switch up that we can go for throughout the season and something that we may have to do as, as, if injuries and things come into it so th- they're the sidings I'm most excited about well with that we're out of time thanks so much for coming on today guys on what was the first of many championship roundtable um, if you'd like to tell people where they can reach you or any projects you've got coming up here is your time yeah well I'm obviously always available on the Leeds United website uh, all the new stories about Leeds are going up there every day because obviously like you said before Jake there's always a new story coming out of Leeds all the time uh, Leeds United underscore mad for Twitter and hopefully be starting a, a new set of all Leeds aren't we on Made in Leeds TV if anyone, anybody wants to check that out on Sky TV it's on 117 I believe uh, chatting about Leeds and maybe nicking a few ideas on what's going on at the club <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you can you can find me on Twitter at Matty Cutler is my uh, is my Twitter handle, and also yeah, the SB Weekly podcast as I mentioned on the uh, at the start. Um, best to get it on iTunes if you're interested in anything to do with the business of sport. Uh, it's worth a listen. And actually, this week it is a double bill football special um, with an interview with the marketing director of the Football League, so it fits in quite nicely to this. Um, so if you want to know more about the football side of the championship and League One and League Two, it's uh, it's worth a listen. Yeah, you could uh, get my uh, Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. I'm writing quite a lot at the moment for various sites, uh, including EPL Index, Total Dutch Football, Newcastle 360, and various other things, which I'll plug on my Twitter. So uh, 
uh, follow me on that. And uh, thanks for joining us on, on our first episode of the Championship Roundtable. We hope you'll join us for many, many more.